Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and Reed. Check this out. This is the Rip and Reed featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Reed. I have one thing to say. You better work. saw over the weekend with all the uh, gay pride events in New York City that clearly the movement of LBGTQ plus has been hijacked and taken over by the trans drag queens. Such a small little percentile of the overall gay and lesbian population. This is mind-boggling. What transpired in uh, Tompkins Square Park. I used to live right across the street, 131 Avenue A, where St. Mark's meets Avenue A. Every year on a Friday night before the parade on Sunday, you have a transgender march through Tompkins Square Park, and you have it through the neighborhood of the Lower East Side. Entertaining, visually appealing to those who like drag queens, and trans, transgenders, but never controversial. This particular Friday night, they threw the gauntlet down as they were chanting through the park and chanting through the streets of the Lower East Side. We're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. We're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. I would have thought that there would have been uh, an outrage amongst gays and lesbians, many of whom had come into the city to celebrate the Pride weekend. Few, if any, spoke up. Our elected officials, the Democrats, would not even address the issue. I would hope members of the... uh, uh, fourth Estate, the journalists, especially those down at Room 9 in City Hall. Our own news director, Noam Layden, uh, James Flippin and others begin to make telephone calls to our elected officials and say, do you condemn the actions of what we saw of transgenders marching through Tompkins Square Park and the Lower East Side Friday night? This is before dusk. Again, Lou, so the people know we didn't just make this up. This is in their own words. This is, they have a band with them. They, they've prepared this. They're, they're rhyming. They're walking. They're shouting. They're screaming. They're getting accolades from their fellow transgenders. 
I was walking around. And nope, every- nope, nope. Back to the original cut. We're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. That's very clear. And uh, journalists went out into the crowd of at least a million during the uh, Gay Pride Parade on Sunday, and they asked a uh, potpourri, uh, a cross-section of different people who had come to join the celebration and the parade. And the reaction was like, Mezze, mezze, poco, poco, 50-50, 50-50. Oh, they're just joking around. It's really a parody. They don't really mean it. What? You don't joke about that. No, no, you don't joke about people's children. There's nothing to joke about. And then the other part of the crowd was saying, yeah, yeah, but, you know, we have to embrace them. They're part of our community. Yeah, this is what has happened nowadays. Things are so polarized. It's tribal. So you have on one side the Republicans who should be completely, completely removing themselves from the proud boys or the Oath Keepers and condemning them. And yet some refuse to do that. Proud boys, Oath Keepers have nothing to do with Republicans or the Republican Party. Likewise, the Democrats should be completely giving themselves a brisk from Black Lives Matter, which is nothing more than big, large mansions, bought large mansions, a real estate firm, which extorted millions of dollars. And it's unanswered in terms of where all the money went. Or Antifa, that many of the Democrats said was just an ideology. Yeah, an ideology. They broke my jaw while I was battling Antifa and Black Lives Matter with the Guardian Angels on the nights of June 1st, June 2nd, twenty twenty. When Comrade Bill de Blasio wearing his Black Lives Matter shirt along with Eric Adams. Yeah, the Brooklyn Borough president. And they were painting Black Lives Matter everywhere. Bill de Blasio ordered the cops to stand back. I, I know who's out in the streets. I know what's real and I know what's not real. How could there not be universal condemnation of this? Why is it the gays and lesbians seem to feel they have to embrace a transgender community that has totally hijacked their movement. Or this Dylan Mulvaney, who's a screwball and a crackpot. I'm not just talking about the fact that as an Instagram uh, initiator that she was promoting Bud Light Beer. Forget that. Listen to some of the whacked out things that she has said as an influencer on Instagram. I was walking around and everyone was staring and I was like, oh, okay, what's going on? And they were all staring directly at my crotch. And I went, oh, I forgot that my crotch doesn't look like other women's crotches sometimes because mine doesn't look like a little Barbie pocket. You want to embrace that? Then again, the more outrageous that was said a year ago, you have to wonder how the hell Anheuser-Busch could ever have asked uh, Dylan Mulvaney to help promote Bud Light that nobody drinks anymore. So I recently told my parents that I may be a little bit romantically interested in women. And that was a big shock for them, considering the past 10 years of coming out as gay, then queer, then non-binary, then trans. 
And I think it was just a bit of a shock. So I tell my dad and he goes, well, I would love to see you get a woman pregnant. And I said, oh, no, no, no. She would be getting me pregnant. And then he said, what, do you have a vagina now? And I said, never say never. And then I tell my mom and she goes, I would just love to see you own property one day. And in California, that's sort of, you know, a, a parent's dream. It's not having kids or getting married. It's, it's, are you able to own a house? Um, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Is that not crazy, ladies and gentlemen? Is that not whacked out? Is that a person that might have some really deep psychological issues? And then when all is said and done, Dylan Mulvaney, who has become the symbol of the transgender movement, wants any of us basically charged with crimes if we don't use the right pronoun in describing who Dylan Mulvaney is. Like the articles written about me using he pronouns and calling me a man over and over again. And I I feel like that should be illegal. I, I don't know. Illegal? What? We get arrested? Because we don't call you a he, she, they? Have we all lost our minds? Have gays and lesbians lost their minds in embracing this transgender movement, which has co-opted them? All the, all the gains they've made over the years, from domestic partnership to gay marriage, and then these screwballs come in, and it's almost like they've taken over. And this is coming from a guy who conducted the very first gay marriage in all of New York State in 1976, when all the Democrats were in favor of the defense of the Marriage Act. That's right, Bill and Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, the schmuck, Chuck E. Cheese, Schumer, all the liberals, progressives, oh, you can't even mention getting married. I married the first couple in the project, in a community room, in Soundview, in the same project where our own Bernard McGurk was born and raised, Monroe Public Housing Projects in the South Bronx. This is nuts. And then we saw this... This Rose Montoya go on the front lawn of the White House and expose her, what do we call it, uh, silicon, uh, styrofoam, uh, fake breasts, and saying that the reason that was done was to spread trans joy. I also feel energized to educate and articulate to others the importance and power of trans joy in a more effective way. I don't care about trans joy. Ha! <laughs> What is that? You know, oh, God. And then when you ask Rose Montoya, which letter of the alphabet soup attached to LGBTQ plus are you? Listen to her answer. To us LGBTQPIA plus, 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 to us Can we slow that down a little? Come on, slow it down. So I can hear what the hell Rose Montoya is. To us, LGBTQPIA plus. I still don't know what the hell was said there. And we have lost our collective minds if we embrace this. I leave you, ladies and gentlemen, with a march through Tompkins Square Park. I've seen transgender marches there before. I lived right on the corner, 131 Avenue A, second floor, easy to watch. The Friday before Gay Pride, they would march through Tompkins Square Park. They would go up and down the side streets. They'd entertain uh, crowds as drag queens, 
and transgenders. But this is what they were shouting all along the way, and nobody condemned them. Nobody tried to shut them down. Their own group didn't say, stop, stop. This will pour gasoline on the fire. We're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. No, you're not. Not over my dead body. You're not coming for anybody's children. And it is incumbent upon the gay and lesbian community and our elected officials to condemn what was said openly, publicly, brazenly, boldly on Friday night. Not one of those officials have yet to condemn that because the attitude is if you condemn one, you condemn all. No, no, no. That ends right here. Talking about this is the Riffin Reed featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. exactly what Eric Adams is doing right now. He's in a free fall. He is misguided, out of touch, whacked out, crazy, moving in a million directions, having press conference after press conference after press conference, and whatever traction he might have had in the first year of his mayoralty. He's desperately falling and falling. And you know how you know that, Lou, when somebody like Chris Libertini begins to make parody after parody about you, you know you're in big, big trouble. Especially after he spent a week defining how God had talked to him over and over again. New York, 2023. As a smoky smog previously encompasses the city with panic, the mayor of the city hears noises from above. God spoke to my heart. Is it the noise of an extraterrestrial being? No. He claims it's the word of God. This mayor's name is Eric Adams. And under his reign, he receives a holy message from the Twilight Zone. God spoke to my heart and said, you are going to be the mayor January 1st, 2022. 
God took the most perfectly imperfect person and brought him to a level of being the most powerful mayor in the city of New York. That's the fourth parody that Chris Libertini has done on Mayor Eric Adams in like the last month. You always know that somebody is spiraling out of control. They're falling, falling when it's parody after parody after parody after parody. So the day after he uh, decided to reveal to the world that God has been talking to him on and off for 30 years. He got very hostile with the media, which naturally wanted to ask him, why now? Why are you revealing that this has been God's plan for you over and over again? And, oh, there was blowback for the media. People can say what they want. There are those in society that still long to see me stop saying Kute Kente, and they want me to say Toby. And it's uncomfortable for them. So you can whip me as much as you want. But when you take off my shirt, you'll see the scars are already there. You know, I've gotten beaten enough that I can't be beaten again. I came into government saying Kute Kente. I'm leaving government saying Kute Kente. And if you don't know who he is, go see Roots. Then he dropped the mic and he walked out on the press corps. So an intervention was done at City Hall amongst the brothers and sisters that he has surrounded him with. These are lifetime friends and allies, and they said one thing, Eric, you must detach yourself from your sister ordained by God, Ingrid P. Lewis Martin. She is like a Svengali. She is like a female Rasputin. She has unfettered access to every agency. She can walk in into any commissioner's office She speaks as if she's speaking on your behalf always. You must extricate yourself, Eric. Stop with this religiosity and that God was speaking to you. And so they recognize that the only way to get Eric Adams back on track is to start talking hip-hop. You know, because for 55-plus, you talk old-school hip-hop, you know, Sugar Hill, the origin of rap, and that might get Eric Adams back on track. And it seemed that he started to move in that very direction. Don't disconnect this moment. First time in New York City history, we have a hip-hop mayor. And so they recognized that that was the only way to extricate him from thinking that he was a disciple of God and in conversation with God. Just get him back to old school hip hop. You know, not drill rap, not the kind of rap that exists now, old school, you know. And it seemed to have worked because when Eric Adams came out into the City Hall Rotunda on Thursday for a press conference about medical health care for New Yorkers, He decided to take a whole different track. He was no longer going to be adversarial to the media. He was no longer going to talk about God. He was no longer going to refer to himself as Kunta Kinte and I'm no Toby. He came out refreshed in this hip-hop way by playing Jay-Z. It's as if he was getting into the batter's box as a baseball player. As you know, they play a little of a musical ensemble before they get into the batter's box against the pitcher. And listen to the song that he chose and his explanation. 
Yeah, I'm out at Brooklyn. Now I'm down in Tribeca, right next to the Nero. But I'll be hood forever. I'm the new Sinatra. And since I made it here, I can make it anywhere. Yeah, they love me everywhere. I used to cop in Harlem. All of my Dominicanos right there up on Broadway. Pull me back to that McDonald's. Took it to my stash spot, 560 State Street. Catch me in the kitchen like the Simmons whipping pastry. Cruising down A Street. Off white Lexus. Driving so slow, but BK is from Texas. Me, I'm out there, Bed-Stuy. Home of that I decided I wanted theme music for now on when I come on. And you can, you can tell by my attitude that I'm from New York, you know? And 32 and DC 37 and all the unions that are here, you know, you can tell by our attitude. We're from where? New York! <laughs> where you from? You from New York? <laughs> So they seem to have got him back on track. You notice there, Justin and Lou, he was cool and calm. He was giggling again like a little girl, you know. It's like constantly giggling, except then he ruined it. He's talking about a very serious issue surrounded by members of DC 37 that just got a sweetheart contract from Eric Adams that we the sucker taxpayers going to have to pay for. Great contract, no givebacks. It's going to bankrupt the city along with the other contracts he's given away like Santa Claus with our money. But the vibe was good. Justin, he was back on track. He was talking medical health care for the poor, the indigent, those that might not necessarily go into an ER because they needed the help. Except he didn't call out a health care expert. He didn't call the chief of the New York City Hospitals uh, Association. He called out Fat Joe. Fat Joe now is the spokesperson for health care in New York City. This degenerate hip-hop rapper who never paid his taxes and should have gone to jail. Listen to this screwball talk. Listen. People are walking around struggling. There's over 100 million Americans that are going through bankruptcy debt because of health care. When you see people walking around the street right outside Gracie Mansion and they're walking with a limp, nine times out of ten, they're scared to go to the hospital because they know they can't afford the price. Now, this is something that's affecting all Americans, Republican, Democratic, white, black, Latino, Native American, Asian, you name it. The Amish is in on this. I'm serious. There's a story of a, a Amish family that their daughter needed the kid needed a kidney, and they were afraid because when you go to the hospital, I don't know if you people realize that you're signing the waiver to all your possessions if you can't pay the bill. So they were afraid to get their daughter's kidney or lose the farm. It's as serious as that. People were laughing. They were giggling behind him from D.C. 37. This is the person that Eric Adams has chosen to be our spokesperson for medical and health care in the city of New York. Fat Joe of the Terradome. French Montana, right? These degenerate hip-hop monsters. He's talking about the Amish. Now, Lou, you know a lot of musicians. You've known some of the greatest. You've known rappers. If I was to put a lineup, a police lineup, and put one Amish guy in the lineup, you think Fat Joe could even pick out an Amish guy 
Do you think if I said, hey, let's go to Lancaster, Pennsylvania to look at the Amish, do you think that Fat Joe would even know where Lancaster, Pennsylvania is? He's talking Amish. People are laughing. All the DC 37 members are laughing. They're trying to control their laughter, hiding behind the signs. And again, Eric Adams crashed and burned. He left the stage and he was like, nah, this ain't going to work. I got to be Eric. I got to be Eric. So Saturday on Pride Weekend, where normally if you're a Democrat, you're like a morning, noon, and night. You're out there at all these Pride events because, man, this is like your sweet spot, man. These are your voters. Saturday he had no schedule. They took him on a retreat to Frank Caron's Palazzo, his palace, right on the deck you know, where you hit the paddockets uh, and right into Jamaica Bay, and they sat him down. And this was the McWhitey-Whitey guys of his crew. You know, you had Frank Carone, you had all of the contributors saying, Eric, man, you got to get back on track. Remember a year ago, a year ago, you were talking about the crisis in the streets with these dirt bikes, these motorcycles, these ATVs. Remember? And they actually played the tape of him. Out in Staten Island, near the Fresh Kills Dump, which is now closed, as a tractor trailer was smashing over the the dirt bikes, motorcycles, and ATVs that had been seized. And in his $5,000 suit, listen to the mayor a year ago. Dirt bikes and uh, ATVs, they are not only a nuisance and an annoyance uh, to us, uh, but they're extremely dangerous. And we know that. We see them all the time. And we hear them all times at night. We see the large numbers that are moving throughout our street. And we want to be clear that uh, this is not acceptable. And so everybody agreed with that. That was a year ago. He's done nothing to implement stopping that. In fact, his crew of McWhitey Whitey's and Mill Basin and the Corona back uh, boat deck said, There's a pack of some 50 off-road vehicles, dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, rolling up and down, pulling, popping wheelies up and down Broadway from Inwood through Washington Heights, right to the west side of New York every night. Eric, you got to do something about that. And they're in East New York, and they're in Southeast Queens, and they're up in the Bronx, the South Bronx. You got to do something about that. And then all of a sudden... Eric Adams turned to all of the McWhitey Whiteys who had bankrolled him and were making sense. Like law and order. If you don't have law and order, you'll never get this city back on track. And he repeated what he said in Washington just three months ago before the black mayors of the United States, which was specious nonsense. I'm the CEO of the largest corporation in America and my bald head earring wearing Swagger is running this city my way. Yeah, yeah. My way. Yeah. Yeah. That's swag. Yes, sir. And all Frank Caron, the crook, said to him is, you can't crack down on cold wood-fired pizza ovens. Our peeps will revolt. You can't crack down on cold wood-fired pizza ovens, Eric Adams. That's the tradition in New York City. And he looked at all of his supporters. And he started talking like he was talking in tongues. Let me tell you something. Bill de Blasio, we had eight years of a lazy mayor. We're soon to have two years of a crazy mayor named Eric 
Adams. This is the Riffin' Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Listen up, America. Since 1975, I've been bleeding green and white. What does that mean? It means we've been through it all. The ups and the downs. For us, no matter what, we're there. And now is the time to take a stand. Look to the coach and the kid against one of our bitter rivals. Because this is our house, our New York. The branch and the bravado, the sweat and the pain. We're here to do one thing. Win it all. Because we're not only proud, we are the You know, Joe Nolan hears that and he gets premature ejaculation. As do all Jet fans. Remember, that was Farmer Ed. Excuse me, Fireman Ed. <laughs> He's a farmer now because they don't have him do it anymore. Firing up the masses, right? Total machismo. The closest that men will get to war in America is watching football on a Sunday, man. It's smash mouth American football. Not that fake, phony, fraudulent football they spell with a U, soccer. No. It's the closest thing to war that most men will ever get to. And then all of a sudden, you would have thought that the Mashiach had arrived on the gridiron at MetLife Stadium in the form of Aaron Rodgers from Green Bay. Oh, God, Joe Nolan. Oh, our own Sid Rosenberg. Jet fans around here. You would have thought, oh, forget Brett Favre when he arrived. This is the Mashiach of all Mashiachs. Aaron Rodgers will bring us to the Super Bowl. And then, over the weekend, what happened? It was like a flashback to California. Remember Aaron Rodgers' roots, UCAL Berkeley. Yeah. The sun comes up. You eat your granola. Off the Sierra Madre Mountains comes a hot breeze. And it's a West Coast thing. It's not an East Coast thing. It's not the ultimate in machismo. Aaron Rodgers has gone back to his roots. UCAL Berkeley. Remember... You're in Berkeley. You're in the East Bay of California. It's the land of peace, love, and happiness. You still have burned out hippies right up and down Telegraph Hill. From the Haight-Ashbury to Golden Gate Park to across the bridge right up Telegraph Hill into Berkeley. And so where was Aaron Rodgers this weekend? Justin, was he tending to his tweak calf? At the age of 40, you got to be careful. He just signed a $150 million contract guaranteed for three years from Johnson & Johnson. Listen to James Flip and tell all of you Jet fans where your Mashiach was. Rogers participated in this past week's Psychedelic Sciences Convention in Denver, saying his positive experiences with psychedelic substances have helped him become a better person. When you find that edge and surpass it and create a new edge, you're creating 
in the in-between, a beautiful new piece of life and energy and love and, and divine guidance that comes in, really changes your life. Rogers saying psychedelics have helped him overcome self-doubt. So let me get this straight, Lou. On the night of 9-11, when the Jets take to the field, home field, MetLife Stadium against the Buffalo Bills, and Aaron Rodgers gets into the huddle, and everybody is saying, kill, kill the Bills, kill the Bills. Aaron Rodgers, after dropping acid or peyote or shrooms, will turn to his fellow teammates, whether in the huddle or at halftime, and say, Peace, love, and happiness. We need to love our enemy. He sounded like Dr. Timothy Leary there, wingding. You Jet fans, you got a guy who's dropping acid, LSD, and you think you're going to go on to win the Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers? You must all be on acid or shrooms or peyote or psilocybin. 